Hi folks, Pastor Russ here. Thank you for tuning in to hear this week's message. It is our prayer and our hope that this message will be an encouragement to you. And so we just want to say blessings to you as you listen to this week's message. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And as you're turning there, we've got a little video we want to show you. Callous. Ladies and gentlemen, my assistant from Vienna, Mr. Carl Carlson, a bow. The first plate, please. Plate. A plate. Here we go. I love Second plate, please. Third plate, please. Okay. 
pull out an old one there. Maybe uh, you can relate to that in life a little bit, okay? Spinning a lot of plates. How many of you can relate to spinning some plates in your life? Okay, you're probably watching that with a little bit of angst, like, is he actually going to get all of them to spin? And I like how he, they all crash, because it's obvious that uh, for all of us, we think we can do way more, uh, and, and then we end up finding ourselves in that mess with all of it shattered all over the floor and things like that. We've been in this series called Living with Margin. This is the last message for this series, and it's called Spinning Plates. And I hope today this will be an encouragement to you and also allowing the Holy Spirit to search you, to search your schedule, to see if there's plates that you're spinning that you shouldn't be. Okay, what happens in life is we can be just like that guy trying to spin things and the next thing you know as you go on down the line, you're rushed and you're hurried and you're walking through all of those things and uh, before you know it, you can't keep up. And uh, it's just a mess. It ends up being a mess. Since you've got your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 5, I want to read verses 15 through 17. 15 through 17. The Bible says, be very careful. Everybody say careful. Be very careful. Did that guy look careful on the screen? No, not so much. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Other translations say making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Everybody say, I don't want to be foolish. Yeah, so understand what the Lord's will is. If you don't want to live foolishly, then understand what God's will is for your time. How many of you have ever gotten in a hurry before? Okay, you're like, you should have seen us come to church today or something like that. I mean, hurry can do a number of things in our life and it's often detrimental. One thing is it increases our stress level, it can decrease your joy, it can decrease your productivity. For all you multitaskers out there, I just want you to know I'm not a very good multitasker and Pastor Lance can attest to that, Brady can attest to that. And, uh, but I will say studies are starting to show that people who try to multitask, you're actually not getting as much done as you think. And so research is saying that you think you're being productive by having all of these irons in the fire, but you actually might be hindering your productivity. Hurry hurts relationships. How many of you have ever just been short with somebody because you didn't have enough time to be what you needed to be or present with that? And one of the other things it can do is it can dampen God's voice. You get going at a speed that's such at a high rate, and one thing that hurry can do is it can kill prayer. Hurry can be the death of prayer. It's interesting that God tells us, be still. And when you live a pace in a life that's hurried, that's quite the opposite of be still. And I think there's things that God would want to speak into us if we just take a moment to, to stop the rush and start communicating with him. The first message in this series was about quality time with God. And I just want to tell you, hopefully that's improved for you the last couple of weeks since that message. If that's not improved for you, I want you to go back and watch that message again. Because to me, that's the heartbeat in all of this, is a deeper walk with the Lord. you got to make 
time for that. You've got to make room for that. You've got to have margin for that time with the Lord. And if you've not improved in that in the last two weeks, I'm just going to tell you straight up, you're just listening to messages. You're not actually responding. And James tells us if that's what you're going to do, then you're fooling yourself. Quality time with God is important. And that's one of the first reasons why we can spin way too many plates. I'm going to break down some reasons why we can get caught in sort of trying to, that circus we just watched. Some of us, that's the life we live. We just spin lots of plates and we've got to give attention to whichever one starts to wobble. Okay? But one of the very first reasons why we can spin too much plate is that we lack time with God. We're, we're lacking that intimate time where he gives you guidance and direction. So then here's what happens. You take your own directions, you live the way you think it should go, and you start to make your own plans without checking with them with him first, and before you know it, you've added all of these things on to your schedule that shouldn't be there. We'll start spinning plates that are not of his design if we don't spend time with him. It's important to spend time with him because he is going to show us where to invest our time. The outflow of time with God will be that directive, the, the mission, if you will, the deliberating that needs to take place, the, the briefing that you get from him. It's important to have that time with the Lord. Another reason why we can spend too many plates and I am guilty of this, is we struggle with saying no. How many of you are, are in that camp? Okay? All right, so this was just for me, okay? <laughs> One thing that's been really hard, and, and you preach these messages week in and week out, and, and you're all very attentive, and I appreciate that, but one of the hardest things is like, you're just like, man, I am... I am not the guy qualified to preach on this, you know? Like, it's tough. I mean, imagine if you stood up in front of two, 300 people every week and said, this is the way we ought to live, you know? And then you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, heart check. There's things I got to do myself here. And someone told me, I, I, it was Charles Stanley or uh, one of those guys, very, very influential. But it, it said, if you preach out of your weakness, you'll never run out of material. <laughs> and I believe that. I believe that. But we can't say no. Listen to Lisa Turkers from Proverbs 31. She says, I want people to like me. I want to please others and pretend that I can do all things for all people. But I can get myself and my schedule into a mess because of that feeling. And in an effort to please others, it's those closest to me who get the worst of me when I'm overscheduled. That's good words right there. I know it's Proverbs 31 ministry, and I'm not camping out in that every day for my devotional. That's a ladies' ministry. But I think this was a very, very solid statement that's for all of us today. We can say yes to things because we fear disappointing people. And this is a great question I came across in my study who are you willing to disappoint the most? Who are you willing to disappoint in your life? That's a great question. It starts to put things in perspective. Who are you willing 
to disappoint. Have you ever disappointed those closest to you because you've said yes to something that you probably shouldn't have? Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap. It's a dangerous trap. Have you ever felt trapped by a commitment that you've made that you probably shouldn't have? Okay? Sometimes we have to learn how to say no. Okay? This is interesting. It's like after this message, if we had a volunteer sign up or something like that, this isn't a good recruiting message here. But the reality of it is, is in a, in a world where we fill our plates, we do need to learn how to say no. We've got to learn how to say no. It's always easier getting into a commitment than out of one. Just like it's easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. Or it's easier to get into relationships than out of relationships. It's easier to get into trouble than out of trouble. Right? Or it's easier to gain weight than it is to lose weight. Yeah. It's easier to get in than it is to get out. It's easier to fill your schedule than to fulfill your schedule. And we can quickly add those things to our plate. And just because you could do it doesn't mean you should. Okay? And that's where it's important to have that time with the Lord to be able to help you discern, is this really what I should be putting my hand and heart to? Because he'll tell you. He'll show you. I believe that with all my heart. Some things are not necessarily wrong, but they are simply not necessary. And so that means that even the good things that you say no to, the reason why you're saying no to it is because you want to focus on the best things. The best things. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9, the Bible says this, we make it our aim to please God. Another translation says we make it our goal to please God. Not people, you know, I struggle with the whole people-pleasing. I don't know if that's anyone else in the room. But ultimately, Scripture says our goal is to, pre, to please God first and foremost. Not to be trapped by an unhealthy desire to please people. And then what happens is we start saying yes to things that we shouldn't be saying yes to. Another reason why we spend too many plates is because we struggle with discontentment. We struggle with discontentment. And primarily with possessions and money, we're discontent. And this is huge in our culture, and so our culture becomes slaves to the employers, to companies, in hopes of greater income so that we can fulfill this desire that we have to sort of have all this possessions and stuff and, and money, and in the process we sacrifice close relationships as we desire to find contentment. This is the culture we live in, and we can get caught up in it too. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. So pursue a godly life and find contentment, and you're going to have great gain. Great gain. He says, we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. You hear of stories where people are buried with a briefcase full of cash. Now, either that's so the kids don't get it, or they think they can use it in the afterlife. Okay? You can't take any of that with you. Just like you didn't bring any of that in. 
Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs because they struggled with discontentment. It can, it can take you off focus really fast, being discontent. Paul writes in, in Philippians the secret to contentment. And maybe you know this, maybe you've read this, but I'm going to give it to you today. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I'm going to read that again. I have learned in whatever situation. So maybe whatever your circumstances is, that fits into the whatever situation category. And he says, I've learned I am to be content. So that means all of our situations, we're supposed to be content. Content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then here's this verse that many of you have probably heard. Is that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That can be a misquoted verse in our culture. We have our dreams, we have our goals, the things that we want to accomplish. And so we, we put these goals out there. And then maybe we didn't even check with the Lord before we put that out there. And then we take a verse like that and we use it to, to, to sort of pave our own path. This is my goal, this is my dream for my life, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the, the purpose of that verse is to recognize that, you know what, the point of that is no matter what you're walking through in life, you can be content because you can do this with the strength that comes from Christ. You can have contentment because of Christ. That's the point of that verse. You can have contentment. Contentment is available to you. And Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. That's pretty straightforward. Be content with what you have. For God has said, this is why, this is the reason why you should be content because God says, because I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. That should be enough right there. Is I have a God who's with me and he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me, and he can give me strength in each and every circumstance. So I can live with contentment. But yet we find ways to to struggle because the world we live in has quite an appetite, doesn't it? And we can start comparing ourselves with other people. How many of you have ever gotten caught in that, that trap, the comparison trap? So one spinning plate to think about in our culture today is social media. Right? Right? Because, I mean, and social media, people are just posting all the time their, their rough trip to church and the, the bills that come in, right? That's what people post about, right, Paul? Huh. 
No, the reality of it is when, when we go on social media, you see the highlights of people's life. And then you start comparing, you start comparing the behind the scenes reel to other people's highlight reel, and that's you're in for it. I'm just saying you're 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 up for a trap there when you start to make those comparisons. Family life addresses comparison, and I want to read this to you. This is from Family Life. They say, we constantly feel the pressure to move on to the next phase of life. When you're doing this comparison around you, here's what happens. When you're single, the questions that come to you, why are you single? And when are you going to start dating? Okay? And when you're dating, what's the next question? When are you going to get married? Because that's what happens, right? That's in our culture. There's a pressure there. And when you're living in an apartment, the question is, when are you going to buy a home? When are you going to do that? And when you're married and you've got a house, what's the next question? When are you going to have kids? See, we just start this trap. We start comparing. Where does it end? We have this constant pressure to upgrade our life. Maybe it's even into cars and your career and your social status. We see our friends not only hitting those milestones, but also buying each other lavish gifts, going on dream vacations, and looking as if they're perfectly happy all of the time. We start to feel that our relationships aren't any good if our entire lives aren't one amazing moment right after the other. And this is what we call the comparison trap, and it's completely toxic for relationships. But when others compare their real life with your fake happiness, they will always come up short. And so what happens when we start to compare is we grab plates and we start spinning them because we want to keep up with whatever's going on with them. And you can get yourself in a whole lot of hurt and trouble and anxiety and pressure when you start when you start trying to spin plates because that's what they're doing, because you tried to compare. Along the same lines, another reason why we spin too many plates is because we drift toward the world. We, this is what the world has. This is what the world says you should have. And so you, to accomplish that, you start spinning plates because the world says you should do this. The world says you should have this. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Straight from Scripture. Don't copy the world. Don't copy the world. 1 John 2 says this. This is some heavier words here. John says, don't love this world nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything that we see, a pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father. That's what the scriptures say, but they're from the world. And this world is fading along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So we drift towards the world. We add plates to spin because this is what our world is doing. And Scripture says, don't copy that. 
Don't copy that. And then the last reason why I think we can spin too many plates is we just simply, we have the wrong priorities. We, we have the wrong priorities. We elevate the wrong things above the right things. And to think of it, are, are, we, even, are we spinning plates that don't even matter? Because that's, that's just like a hamster going around in a cage. You get off and you're like, I didn't go anywhere today. How many of you can relate to that one right there, okay? Think of that movie or TV, I don't know if it's Pets too, where the hamster runs. He goes, I run and I run and I run and I run. And he, he gets out and he goes, I'm in the same place. And then he gets back on and I run and I run and I run. Sometimes that's our day. We feel like we run and we run and we run. And what did we accomplish? Did we get anything done? Did we get anything done? Here's some filters that I'm going to just encourage you to consider when you're trying to prioritize your life. How many of you have to-do lists? Okay. How many of you like to-do lists? No. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll pray for you after church. Uh, just kidding with you. Um, just cross off to-do and start making a what matters most list. Because we can fill our lives with a lot of activities... But if we don't understand or know the priority in each of those, we can just get kind of busy. And when we get busy, we can become ineffective for the kingdom of God. Maybe you've heard the word busy, being under Satan's yoke. And if he can get you distracted so that you're no longer ineffective, he wins. He wins. Another filter you can use, I use this with the youth ministry, still think about it today, the 100 years rule. What would matter in 100 years? And there's two things that truly matter, and it's Jesus and it's people. And so that should help me prioritize and help me focus in on what I should be doing. Another way to filter is the kingdom principle. His kingdom Always before my kingdom. So month in, month out, week in, week out, there's things we're doing in our home, in our lives, with our job, with our cars, with our whatever. That's all a part of our kingdom. But we have to keep his kingdom at the forefront. And so this kingdom principle says, is what I'm doing, is this for my kingdom or is this for his? That should really help prioritize that another filter is just a simple question is what I'm doing bearing good fruit scripture talks about this in John chapter 15 if you want to turn there with me John chapter 15 Jesus talks about this fruit and a question to ask is there are there any activities in my life where where there's things I'm just simply not producing good fruit. This is what Jesus says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Verse 2, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. So that means sometimes as you 
engage and interact with the Lord, he's going to tell you or tell me it's time to stop spinning that plate. Okay? Take that off of, of your to-do, the things that you're doing every day, and, and don't go back to that one. But there's a plate that's missing that I want you to spin. And so he prunes so that we become more and more fruitful. He says, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Then he says this, remain in me, or other translations say abide in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Much fruit. Not just fruit in general, but there'll be plenty. And then he says this, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I look at that statement and it just comes back to the conclusion of time with God. Remaining in him. And to think, if you come to church and that checks off a box for you, and then you go back to life just the same, you're fooling yourself. It's not a remain in him on Sunday morning. It's like a remain in him on a consistent basis. There's a deep and intimate relationship that he intends to have with you. But we can get caught up in the frenzy. We can get caught up in the noise, caught up in the plates that we need to spin. We're off in a hurry, all of that stuff. And we miss out on the most important thing, remaining in him. If you look at verse 8, the Bible says, When you produce much fruit, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. He's designed us to produce fruit. And it brings great glory to the Father. Now, in Matthew 7, there's an interesting thing in regards to fruit. Jesus says, every healthy tree bears good fruit. Every, every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. And let me break this down for you for a second. There is a disease called sin. I said there's a disease called sin. It must have picked up Siri, huh? Wouldn't that be funny if like all these people's phones were like, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. This was a really serious moment. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But the disease is sin. And until Christ comes into your life and makes you whole and healthy, you will not produce good fruit. That's what Jesus is saying. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You might think you're accomplishing things, but you're just like that hamster on the wheel. 
and you come off of that wheel, and in, real, in reality, you've gone nowhere. Maybe in our world they think you're going somewhere, but when it comes to his kingdom and that relationship with him, that is paramount. It is the most important thing we need to pursue. And to recognize this here too, in order to remain in something or in someone, you must enter into it to begin with. And perhaps you've never entered into that relationship that he's designed you for. He's created you for this relationship. And there's two responses for the message today. Number one, enter into it if you've never entered into that relationship. The other is, if you have that relationship, remain in it. Pursue it. It's not just a Sunday morning thing. This is a way of life. And he's designed you for this. And as you do that, he will guide you. He will show you the balance of how to spin plates. He'll show you a grace and how to spin plates. How many of you can say by the grace of God, we're able to accomplish things in our household? Okay? Yeah, every hand should have popped up there, okay? So some of you, I just think, don't like raising hands, I think. <laughs> Establishing that as I go each month here as lead pastor. But we all need the grace of God in this balance as we, as we have full schedules. We have deadlines. We have things to do. But the most important thing, it's like bookended. The first thing I said and the last thing I'll say is remain in him. That quality time is so important. And let's, let's make that a huge priority. Let's carve that out in our schedules. And he'll show you then the right plates to spin. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray together? Father, I thank you for this, this time and this series this month and the reminder of how important it is to remain in you. And the outflow of that time spent with our Creator will help us navigate the things we should say yes to, the things that we should say no to, the right and proper plates to spin, and to elevate the right priorities over the wrong priorities. And I ask that you would help us, guide us, as we spend time with you, I pray that that would be a rich, a rich time and the outflow of that would be great guidance in grace and navigating life. And Lord, if there's anyone listening right now that, that you've been maybe stirring to consider that relationship 
that you went to a cross and suffered and died so that relationship could be made available. If there's someone right now that wants to enter in, and I just simply ask that you'd pray with me quietly in your heart and just say, Jesus, I want in. I want this relationship that you've designed and created for me. Recognizing that sin separates me from you and that I'm a sinner, I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin and help me to turn from that sin and to walk in a new direction and help me, guide me through the gift of the Holy Spirit and that you would give me purpose Give me plans. Give me dreams. May they all come from you. As I now desire to live this life in relationship with God Almighty through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for this gift of salvation. And Father, as we all respond, as we all respond to this message, Help us to seek you. As your scriptures say, for those who seek and seek with all their heart, they will find you. And thank you for that promise in scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for watching this week's message. It is our heart to follow up with people if they've responded to something that God did in that message. One thing we want to note is if you just gave your life to Christ and you prayed that prayer at the end to receive Him into your life, we want to send you this free resource called Now What? And this is a journal that comes with a Bible, and it's designed to help you grow and take the next steps in your faith journey. If you're interested in receiving this free resource, we encourage you to simply reach out and connect with us here at the bottom of the screen. You'll see you can email us or you can send us a text message. Simply text BELIEVE to the number that you see here on the screen. We want to get this into your hands so that you can grow in your faith. And it's our heart here at Faith Community Church to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Thanks for watching.